Welcome to The Counter Offer. I am your host, Susanna Gray-Jones, recruitment strategist and owner of Chime Search. It is my belief that it's simply not worth being a mediocre recruiter. Recruiting is tough, and it is my mission to make sure that you get all the best tricks and use the daily rituals to be the highest earning billers to become exceptional recruiters. So tune in and learn the secrets that the elite don't want you to know. Now, I am absolutely stoked for the guest today. This is our first American guest on the podcast, and she is a massive, massive influencer for women in business all over the world. Alison Walsh is an expert business consultant, founder, and an international speaker, influential leader, and actually she's a certified positive psychology coach. By the age of 30, she became the vice president of a company which was destined for unicorn status, which she helped build from the ground up. She's not only recognized for her business accomplishments and highlights, and you'll see her publications in in journals like Forbes and also the Orlando Business Journal, but she's also won multiple awards for her philanthropy, raising over two million for eating disorders prevention and awareness, and she serves on numerous nonprofit boards. She's the host of a great podcast called She Believed She Could, and she's the creator of empowering coaching programs, helping women develop tenacity, self-assurance. As a business development, marketing, and personal branding expert, as well as a former Miss Florida, Allison is on a mission to help influential high-stakes leaders build their confidence, scale their businesses, and elevate their personal brands. So, Alison, thank you so much for coming on to the counter offer. I was so keen to give the listeners a bit of a kind of introduction as to a bit of a story as to how I came across you. So we were at an amazing sales conference in Atlanta and I heard about this Alison Walsh and was like, oh, she's really high profile. There were a lot of high profile people there. And then I heard your keynote and it resonated with me at the right time because I'd started my own business. I didn't feel I had the confidence in myself. I had massive imposter syndrome, which I always have. And something just struck a chord with me and I hired you as my coach. And it's completely changed the way I feel about myself, my business. So I wanted to get you on to sort of talk a bit more about it. So thank you for coming. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun getting to know you too. So I'm excited to be able to share some advice with your audience today. Thank you so much. I've done you an introduction, but I'd be so keen for you to tell our UK listeners a a bit about you and your background, if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel very blessed to be doing the work that I'm doing. I always consider myself just a multi-passionate entrepreneur as well as a healthcare executive but really found my footing in in what I love to do. And for me, it really started with my own story and just naively, even at the age of 18, started building my brand, right? And I was a passionate advocate for mental health, for eating disorders, awareness and prevention, and was very vocal about it at a young age. And so as a result, I started to have opportunities to speak, to share my story. I started a nonprofit when I was 18. I ran that for 18 years simultaneously while also building my career. But it was a really good example about how when you lean into your calling, you lean into what you're passionate about, you share with others how you can help them and support them that your brand will naturally start to develop. So that's really what started happening. 
and then got involved in the treatment industry as well. I have built incredibly successful healthcare companies from the ground up and very proud of the lives we've been able to change in our centers and, and everything across the country. But simultaneously, and that entrepreneurial spirit in me has taken away and over the years started and scaled multiple coaching and consulting businesses, both as solopreneur programs and, and offerings to a partnership that was wildly successful. And then going back into more of like a digital course and uh, online coaching platform too. So it's been wonderful, but I love focus, focusing on high achieving individuals that really have big dreams for themselves and helping to package and present themselves with confidence to be able to go after the next level that they're searching for and desiring. I love that. And I'm always surprised at how much you fit into your day and the variety of what you do with your life. I mean, I think you're coaching me at sometimes at like, what, 6 a.m. your time. So it's amazing what you manage to fit in. And I love how you always talk about mindset, confidence, but also setting goals. And there are a lot of people and recruiters who consistently reach out to me about goal setting. And they're really scared because they're sort of thinking, well, where do I start? And what kind of advice would you have for our listeners who maybe get a bit overwhelmed by a goal and really don't know where to put their first foot forward? Well, I think it, first and foremost, it starts with just acknowledging the fact that goals provide accountability, right? And I think they get afraid when they think about potentially failing or not achieving the goal, right? And they worry about letting themselves down. They worry about what other people are going to think, right? They're giving a lot of weight to other people's opinions versus just focusing on themselves. So what I really encourage people to do is to look at the goal, look at the overarching, maybe it's a big goal that you're striving for, but mm -hmm. break it down into micro commitments for yourself so that it's not so scary. You know, I live and die by the saying, it'd be 1% better today than you were yesterday. And when it applied, when that's applied to a goal setting process, it means showing up and doing one more thing today yeah. that's going to get you closer to the goal. And so I've done a lot of work in this area, I actually dedicated an entire chapter in my book to this because I have worked with so many people on setting and achieving goals over the years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds at this point, like one-on-one, -on -one, not to mention thousands in the community. And so what I've noticed being very successful is defining it, but then breaking it down into the micro steps. Because when you do that, it's like eating an elephant one bite at a time, right? You just got to keep going. And so it stacks. And as it stacks, you build momentum. And when you have momentum, you're much more likely to show up with confidence the next day because you already have some, some something under your belt, right? Like that you've mm -hmm. already done. And so it's proof of concept that you can do it. You can make traction. So there's a really powerful stat out there that says 80% of people cancel on their New Year's resolutions or goals by February. Yeah. And, you know, and it's very true, very true because they don't break it down. They look at like the big goal that they've set for the year, the big resolution that they've set for the year, but yet they didn't even think about what they're doing on January 1st. Yeah. And so, or maybe January 2nd, right? Maybe January 1st was hard and then they quit. <laughs> so it's like, you have to break it down and be very intentional about that. And I've got a couple of frameworks I'd love to share with your audience that that would be helpful. Yeah, I would love that because I think what you're, what you're saying about that, New Year's resolution, I think it's that moment that someone fails and it's like, especially if you're a perfectionist and I know you're a mm -hmm. perfectionist, so am yep. I. <laughs> and you have that moment where like, oh my gosh, I failed. And then you've got to yeah. pick yourself up again. That yeah, is what, that, that's what, that's what I, I struggle with. And I know a lot of our listeners do too. So what, what kind of, is there a framework around that? Is there some yeah, kind of absolutely? Advice? Yeah. So, you know, of course there's very, 
popular frameworks like the SMART goals format, which I do believe is the foundation for goal setting, right? Something that's specific, measurable. The measurable piece is where I see people skip a lot too, just a little pro tip, because that's the accountability piece, right? Like that's how you're going to actually measure against the yardstick. Then there's achievable and then relevant, right? Is this a relevant goal for what it is that you're searching for, you're trying to achieve? And time bound, right? Are there parameters around that? So that's like a great place to start. But where I've noticed people missing, right, is if they skip these other three steps. And so this is really my like bread and butter, my secret sauce with my clients and with, you know, my teams and all of these individuals that I've worked with over the years, there's an additional three steps. And so Mm -hmm. WIN is the acronym and that's stacked on top of your SMART goal. So WIN stands for your why. If you can Mm -hmm. deeply connect to the why behind the goal and you understand the purpose and the mission, even if this goal is given to you, right, in your profession by a client, by an employer, by whoever it is, right, understanding the why behind the goal is going to help ground you into the purpose, right, which helps just an absorption of responsibility. And then there's the intention. So the I stands for intention. It's like, what are you going to do every single day to get you closer to this goal? right? So going back to the micro steps, the micro commitment, where the SMART goal itself is very helpful. That's the overarching goal that you're striving for. The I and win really breaks down. What are you going to do each and every day? What is the intention behind this? What is it that you need to do? And then the N is my favorite and stands for no excuses. And so how how are you going to overcome the excuses that you probably can already forecast are going to happen? And so this is like sitting with yourself for a minute and going, what are the objections? that I'm going to have in this process? What are the things that have caused me to quit in the past? And how am I going to overcome that? Because going back to the fear conversation or imposter syndrome or any of these things, like it can stop you in your tracks. But if you notice it, you're naming it and taming it and you're moving beyond it. And so that to me is one of the most important things is you have to acknowledge where are the pitfalls, where are the road bumps and get ahead of it. Because number one, you're going to build your confidence. Number two, you're going to have an action plan when something does happen and things don't go as planned and you're not going to quit on yourself. So it's a smart formula plus win. And I've seen that absolutely transform people's ability to accomplish their goals. Yeah, I love that. You really have to have the ability to be self-aware, right? And totally. A lot of people don't want to look in the mirror. We don't want to see no. We don't want to that, see, I mean, we are our own worst enemies, right? Like yeah. we're the ones that get in our way and we can talk ourselves out of something faster than we can talk ourselves into. And yeah. so we have to be mindful of that. And that's why I love the intention piece of the win framework and the no excuses part of the win framework, because it is really committing to what it is that you say you're going to do. And it's making sure that you're not putting any self-inflicted roadblocks in your way. Of course, there's going to be things that happen, right? Unforeseeables, those are always a possibility. But more likely than not, you can foresee what it is that could be a potential challenge, whether it's your motivation that's lacking, whether it's you're not giving yourself enough time to get your goals done, whether it's, you know, the inner critic in your head and how you're going to handle that, you know, potentially if something doesn't go well and you worry about what other people are thinking, okay, well, how are you going to handle it? And like, remove the emotion from it and just keep going. So it's really helpful. It's that being that I love what you said about being a, your critic, but being a kind critic, right? Because yes, and that can sometimes be the hardest thing. We give ourselves a yeah. tough time. We definitely give ourselves mm-hmm. a tough time. And then there are those people who have these goals, like which are m- massively unrealistic. So mm-hmm. they'll be like, I want to do something that is like, I don't know, three times what I did last year. 
Mm-hmm. And but they think that's good because they're stretching themselves, but maybe they're stretching themselves too much. So how would you say to someone like that, you've got to get a goal that stretches you, but not too. How would they go about stretching themselves with a goal? Yeah. Well, and I think just going back to the SMART framework, right? So the A in SMART is achievable. Is this achievable, yeah. right? Yeah. Is this actually doable? And Susanna, you and I have done this with your goals, right? As we set like your financial target and I was pushing you. And I, yeah, I think yeah. there's there's definitely stretch and there's room. I, I think you have to also go back and say like, what have I been able to do in the past? So if we're isolating it to maybe growing your business, right? Yeah. Or growing whatever it is that you're working on. What type of growth have you experienced in the past by just doing simply what you've done before? Yeah. And then what is a reasonable percentage for growth year over year? And then break that down quarter over quarter. So again, like, Instead of biting off the year and looking at it and saying, I'm going to increase my the growth of my business by 100% this year, how yeah. about you start with 20% growth in the first quarter and see if you can do it, right? Yeah. And then you're going to gain momentum because you're going to be able to do it if you're intentional and you put the framework in place and you have the support and you know what you're doing. And then you can stack the percentage, right? But again, it's I think one of the most important things that I've done over the course of my career and with my clients and everything else is that, yes, here's the overarching but I'm going to focus on these next 90 days and I'm going to commit to doing something every single day over these next 90 days that's going to get me closer to it. And when you do that, you are allowing yourself to be nimble enough to adjust without quitting the overarching goal. So for example, right, COVID hit us all pretty terribly, right? Several years ago, but I had nimble enough goal frameworks that I could continue to iterate as I needed to. So when I started off 2020, the goals that I had for my own business, right, outside of the healthcare companies and everything else, like, were not what they were by Q2, right? Q2, I had to lean in. By Q2, you know, our salaries had been cut elsewhere so that we could maintain our team. But Q2 meant I needed to put this thing on steroids. And I was able to exactly, because I was very specific, I was able to say, okay, I need to dial up the revenue that's coming in from this business by $50,000 in this next quarter and like, go, what do I need to do? And so then by Q3, I had momentum, right? And I could stack that goal and I could increase that number because I had adjusted and I stayed very in the moment by still continuing to show up each and every day, driving that bus forward. So just some food for thought. Love that. And you're just actually giving me a lovely reminder of one of my favorite episodes that you did on your podcast, She Believed She Could which I think was your new year one where you sort of break this down into bite-sized points, which which brings me very much to my next question because I think what you did there during COVID is what a lot of people are struggling with now in the recession. They're getting to the point where they have to reevaluate their goals and it's the breaking point. Some people are like going to collapse and some people are going to carry on. With that feeling, how can people make their goals visible? Like... Because it's all very well, you might have a good day and you set the goal, but then eek, over two weeks down the line, you're only hearing the bad stuff on the news and turn off the news. How about that? No, (laughs) I'm serious, Susanna. Like I had to. Like I think that was one of the things that saved me during the pandemic. And here's the irony in all of this. Like literally one of my businesses in the past was coaching people on how to talk about current events and present themselves in a public setting on stage and being very well-versed in what was going on in the news, right? Literally, that was one of my clientele, ideal customers, right? I, When the COVID pandemic hit, I had to, from a self-preservation perspective, stop allowing the negativity to permeate my mindset. It was so dark. It was so heavy. 
there was literally nothing else I could do to control the situation, like other than just do what I'm being told to do. So I had to stop. And that's a perfect example of putting boundaries and filters in place to keep your mindset where it needs to be. Because otherwise, I'm co-signing on allowing these things to impact me, right? So same thing now. Like, yes, I'm aware of what's going on out there. I'll check in and make sure, but I'm not listening to the news on repeat. I'm not allowing these things to stop me in my tracks. If anything, I look at the recession and the, the historical successes that have come out of recessions instead of looking at it from a fear-based lens of like, oh, we're going down, right? Like I refuse, refuse to let the recession rock me the way that it did back in 20 or 2008, 2009. My husband and I lost freaking everything. We were newlyweds. We were about six months in, three months into like, actually, no, we got married in May, October of 2009. He lost his job. He was a lawyer in a very prestigious firm. I had quit my job to go to law school because I thought that was the next step for me. So we had like nothing coming in. He worked in construction, like putting glass up on buildings for an entire year because there were no jobs. I couldn't yeah. even get an internship as in a law firm because they said to me, Allison, yeah, I know we had committed to you having a, an internship this summer, but I'm hiring legit attorneys with 10-year experience for like 20 bucks an hour right now because there's no jobs. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was so bad. And I made a commitment at that moment that I would never, ever, ever put myself in a position like that ever again. That's like, I lean into the multiple streams of income. I lean into monetizing the gifts and the talents that I have. And if there is an indicator that what you're doing right now is going to be drastically impacted by the recession, then do something about it, right? Lean into something else. You don't have to stay stuck in this version of yourself that you're in right now. You have to get out of your own way and keep moving forward. And like, allow yourself to sit with it for a second, but then tune in and listen to yourself and trust in the fact that you were blessed with talents and gifts and that this is not the end, right? And that's the thing is that there's so much opportunity. There's so much potential out there. Go back and read about all the people that made millions coming out of recessions, right? Like what a great reminder to be defined by this is a recession. Like I refuse. Again, it's the excuse thing. Drives me crazy. Will not do it. So not (laughs) buying it. it. I love it. And I think if people do look at the news too often, then they will be drawn in. And you've got to think about where did this start? What did I look at that made me get into that hole? And what a great reminder. And also really refreshing, by the way, to know that someone who has been successful like yourself has had tough times. Because I think sometimes what a lot of people think is they look at successful people and they think, hey, you've had it easy. But, you know, Nothing easy over here. Nothing. (laughs) The story is much more intense than even what I've shared today. No. And and I think that's the thing that I think we always have to, those that are are doing well always need to reach behind and help lift others up. Because I think what you said is exactly right. There's this misconception that everything has been beautiful and smooth and easy. And like, that's just not the case. And that's why I think like people in positions of influence or people that are just 10 steps ahead need to be very honest and open because between social media making everybody look like they're perfect and like, you know, you only see the highlight reel, you know, only reading the success story and not hearing about the tribulations and all of the hardship can really make it feel like you're not good enough. Yeah. But again, like don't co-sign on it. If you start to hear that negative voice and that inner critic, name it to tame it, move on, right? Like you will have your day too. You just have to keep going. You have to keep doing one thing every day because guess what? Consistency compounds, persistency pays off. Those that are consistent and show up and do the work are going to be the ones that win every single time. Yeah, It's not going to happen overnight. 
Yeah. So you just have to commit to the long run, you know, and that's really important. One thing that you always say to me is if it's in your calendar, you show up and you are there. (laughs) And that's, you know, that I've got that voice in my head now whenever, you know, I'm time blocking. Yeah. And don't cancel on yourself, right? You can't cancel on yourself. Don't cancel on yourself 100%. Um, one thing that we've spent a lot of time on and sort of like just around things off, because a lot of recruiters are speaking about it at the moment, is that branding piece. And I know we could speak about it all day, but there's one specific question that a lot of people are coming to me with because I've built a whole new brand as a result of our coaching. And I think I came to it feeling a bit like, oh, who am I? <laughs> what do I represent? And I, I now feel like I found that. But a lot of people don't know where to start. So... For those listening who are thinking about trying to find that confidence and get into the branding piece, where should they start before maybe getting a coach? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many steps to this. And it's, I think, first and foremost, you need to figure out who are you trying to show up and serve, right? Because naturally, you're going to need to align that piece of what you're doing with how you want to be perceived, It's also incredibly important that you remain authentic and genuine and you not try to misrepresent who you really are. I think gone are the days of this like perfect aesthetic and everything is just not relatable. Like I think that's the beautiful thing about leaning into your personal brand. What makes you unique is what your personal brand needs to lead with, right? Because otherwise you get lost in the sea of everybody trying to look like everybody else. And so leaning into your uniqueness really identifying, you know, the mindset piece of it. So I break it down into four sections. So the first one is your mindset. Like mm-hmm. where it, where are you in relationship to your confidence? How is there anything stopping you from potentially showing up? Addressing that first because number one, if you're working with a coach, they need to understand where have you had hiccups in the past because chances are as you start to gain momentum and you start to get really visible, some of those things may surface again. So understanding your mindset is really important. The next thing is really understanding the messaging that you want to put out there, right? So identifying your ideal customer, identifying who it is, maybe clients, right? Really understanding who is it that you are trying to attract and making sure that your messaging is in alignment with that. Like it's going to be appealing to them. Like you're going to attract the right people. The next piece is really marketing related. So we're looking at where do you need to show up? in a way in which will be in front of those ideal clients, those ideal customers, right? And so really knowing where they are so that you're building a brand on a platform in which makes sense. We've talked about this a lot, right? Like leaning into LinkedIn versus Instagram, newsletters yeah. versus you know blogs, all this stuff, right? So really understanding where your people are going. And then really understanding too, the last piece is monetization. Like what's the ROI on this? Right? Are you doing this to build credibility, authority, and trust? Are you doing this to drive more business? Are you why are you doing this? Mm. And how are you going to monetize this? And so again, just continuing to start and iterate, 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 right? Personal branding is not something that has a, a finish line, right? You might get a launch, you know, at this certain stage and phase of your business and your brand, but you're going to continue to evolve and so should your brand, right? And so yeah. I think about like my brand when I was 18 as an eating disorder advocate is very different than me as an entrepreneur, as a successful businesswoman, as somebody that's built a billion dollar brand. Like it's very different. Yeah. And if I was still holding on to that past version of myself, I would feel stuck in a version that I no longer belong. Right. I had to evolve too. And there's been probably 10 iterations of my brand visibly since then, if not more. So just keep leaning in as you keep growing, as you keep acquiring skills, credentials, awards, all the things, right? You just need to keep stacking that, stacking, stacking, stacking. And that goes back to that consistency, right? Just continue to be consistent, 
continue to build, continue to iterate, continue to show up as the most relevant Mm -hmm. uh, version of yourself that is in alignment with who you are trying to serve. And for those that get scared of, of showing up, think about the person that needs you and what a disservice it is if you don't show up for them. Yes. And I think that can happen when people work for companies, say hide behind the company brand, but they forget that they you can also build your own brand within yes. that company. And 100%. all those questions that you just said were, yeah, re- really awesome. So thank you. Thank you so much. You're I'm welcome. like, I'm already thinking, like, I can't wait to listen to this episode. <laughs> but in, in relation to, you know, there are a lot of people who will be listening to this, especially UK listeners. We've got listeners all over the world who will probably want to get in touch with you or yeah. follow you. What's the best way to find you? Absolutely. So I show up every day on Instagram at Allison Walsh. I also have wonderful offerings available on AllisonWalshConsulting.com. You can send me a message directly through the website. I would love to be a part of your journey. I really enjoy walking alongside people, helping them show up, and most importantly, realizing how truly amazing they are and helping them to be able to position themselves in a way in which feels really good. So I would love to be a part of somebody's journey if they're listening and interested. Nice. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the episode. And thank you for everything you've done for me as well. I really appreciate it. I adore you. I'm cheering for you forever and ever. So you're wonderful. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this show. If you liked it, please leave us a five-star review. We continually try to get the top billers in the world of recruitment to help you increase your billings, be a top commission earner, and most importantly, live your most rewarding life. You can find out about new roles on my Instagram at Susanna Chime Search, and you can find me on LinkedIn or join the Chime Searches page to get all of the latest recruitment updates and tips. Thank you for listening.